Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily. It's a Monday, which means it's another week to look forward to in the world of the Premier League, the best league in the world. And you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another episode. Through the week, we'll be giving you daily news updates on the Premier League. It's a really quick way to get all the news from your club and around the league. And at the weekends, we'll have Premier League review and preview shows. And of course, there's been no Premier League football this weekend. We've missed it because it's been the international break. I'm Niall McCorn. Alongside me in the studio, we have Marley Anderson. Hello, Marley. Hello. And we've also got Jim Salveson. Hello. So, what do footballers do in the international break when they're not playing for their country? What What would you do if you had a couple of weeks off, Jim? Get a scrap. <laughs> yeah. Get pissed. Get, get, yeah. get beaten up. Not nice to see photos of a professional footballer in a bad way in terms of Danny Drinkwater, who you referred to there. Mm. He, he got assaulted outside a nightclub, supposedly. We don't know the full story, but certainly um, reports have claimed that the reason he missed Burnley's game last weekend due to an ankle injury is because he ended up chatting up someone's girlfriend who also happened to be a professional footballer. Uh, Scunthorpe United player Cahosi and Clare was um, out in Manchester as well and his girlfriend was there and Danny Drinkwater supposedly tried to chat the girlfriend up, um, got told to basically do one and then as he left the club was supposedly assaulted by six men who beat him up quite badly Mm. and then hit him in the legs trying to break his ankles. These are all rumours and reports. We don't know exactly what happened but it, it doesn't make for nice reading. You have to bear in mind it is being reported by the tabloid newspapers so you don't know how much truth is in anything at the moment but what does seem clear is there's a few pictures though yeah exactly and he clearly has got in a scrap at some point yeah. from pictures that he's posted himself of looking a little bit bruised and battered yeah. by the whole thing so something's gone on we don't know exactly what and we don't know who's at fault for doing what but yeah something's gone on there yeah um, he's not had a good couple of years has he Danny Shrinkwater <laughs> no he sat on the bench for a year and he comes back he finally starts playing and somebody sets sets upon his ankles for him being a bit of a bit of a divvy in a in a pub or a bar whatever it was but you know you've got you've got to be careful you're a target if you're a footballer I think that's yeah. exactly it I think you've got to be careful and not using Danny Drinkwater as an example for this in any way at all just generalising if you're a footballer why do you put yourself in a situation... You're already in the public where, eye, yeah, aren't you? ...when you might cause problems. And we've seen it countless times with CCTV in bars showing <laughs> punches being thrown and all these things before. If you're a footballer and you're in public eye, A, don't put yourself in that situation where you're at risk and you're a target, whether it's a yeah. target from other 
people or whether it's a target from women who want to sell stories to the newspaper, whatever so it is, it, it, avoid the risk. I remember when Jack Wilshire got hammered in the newspapers for having a fag on a night yeah. out. You know, then this yeah, th- that nice. that caused a big stir. You know, he's a professional, shouldn't be smoking. Of course, it was in the Arsene Wenger days of Arsenal, even though Wenger used to smoke on the touchline. Mm. <laughs> he used to smoke like 20 fags on the touchline. But in, in terms of what footballers should be and shouldn't be allowed to do, they are still human beings. And we've got to remember that everyone likes a night out from time to time, yeah. or at least most people do. These footballers are the same. They're the exact same. But like you say, Jim, it's just how you conduct yourself and how you go about your day-to-day life as well as that. Completely. And you've got a responsibility as well as a player for a football club, just as any employee of any company or brand has. You have a responsibility to represent that company, whether you're in work or not. And if you're a significant person, like if one of us went out and got in a fight, we wouldn't be a target for any women it, if we went to that cause, would you? <laughs> no, this is true. <laughs> but if it, appeared in a, if it appeared in a newspaper and you're... And you're, you're showing up your company in an unfavourable light. You'd, you'd accept the repercussions of that, and those repercussions yeah. would probably be, be being handed your P forty five. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Footballers should expect the same. Well, there's been talk of his his loan getting cut short with with Sean Dyke. She's apparently in talks today or something like that. Yeah. So there's meant to be a meeting he might today. Get his, uh, might get his loan cut short and cut the losses on him. But I, I think it's I can't impo- see that happening. To be fair, I don't think they'll do that. I think it's important. We should say though that. Although, you know, maybe there is an element of responsibility on Drinkwater's part to behave in a more appropriate manner, we cannot condone him being attacked by six guys or however no. many guys it was. No one should be assaulted like that no, of course in not. any circumstance, especially hit with blunt objects on his ankles trying to break his legs. You know, this, this is, it's, it's awful to hear that that's what's happened to him. Um, and Marley, you said about his decline since Leicester. He joined Chelsea and that it's just been downhill from, for him since there, really. He was such a good yeah. player for Leicester as well. When he, him and Vardy, yeah, he was in for that he was title in England winning team and everything. Yeah. It was Drinkwater playing everything in behind Vardy running off, and him and Mares just tearing them up, basically, wasn't it? So you see, it in so terms often, of don't you with players who take that step up, yeah. inverted commas, and it just never quite works out. And particularly yeah. if you go to Chelsea, it seems yeah. to be like Steve Sidwell. Yeah, for I thought example, I he thought kind of like had a brilliant season. Chelsea's best number nine in the last ten yeah, years. And then just kind of <laughs> yeah. vanished into. It was a strange signing for Chelsea. I thought Chelsea signings that summer were abysmal. Antonio Conte just lost the plot. Mm. He won the league the season before. Then he signed like Zappa Costa, Bakayoko, um, uh, Drinkwater. He signed a few other players as well, and I just none of them really. Was that the year he got Morata as well. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure, but it just none of them really were any good. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, so that that was just a bit of a strange one. I mean, if you're Danny Drinkwater, you, you don't turn a move to Chelsea down, I don't think. Chance to increase your salary. You've just won the uh, Premier League with Leicester, et cetera, et cetera. You don't. And, and I think he still lives in the north, if I'm right, thinking Danny Drinkwater still no lives players, in Cheshire. So. No player's going to take, when they're offered that big contract and that big move, as a professional sportsman of any kind, you have to back yourself in that situation and go, yeah, I can do this. I can make this step up. So there's no yeah. blame you, towards you Drinkwater at all. You've got to have... Like a mentality upgrade as well. Like when you go to a big club, I think if you look at the players that left Leicester, so you look at Kante, he went to Chelsea. You look at Drinkwater and he went to Chelsea. Kante was like, right, I'm here now mm. and I am going to be the best player at this club and one of the best in my position in the world. There's no reason why Danny Drinkwater couldn't have done the same. I just don't think he has the the sort of mentality. Like mm. he, he sort of seems happy with like, right, my career's peaked at Leicester. I've won the Premier League. Mm. And he went to Chelsea and he was he just didn't seem the same 
had that same hungry mentality of well, what he wanted. 12, very, 12 Premier League appearances since he left Leicester. Well, that's it. The very fact he's been happy to... So, was that three seasons ago? Yeah, Leicester, three, Leicester three won it in May 2016. So, three yeah, full seasons, the title. 12 appearances. That shows that mentality, doesn't it? Because most footballers, I'd like to think, if you're in that situation and you come to terms with the fact you aren't going to get game time, you'd look for that move elsewhere. Yeah. You'd want to play football, but obviously... He doesn't fall into that category. Yeah, I mean, Mares has done the same. Mares has gone on to play for City, and you know, be have a have that mentality of like, right, okay, I'm a top player now. I'm gonna make appearances. He's not making that many appearances for City, but he's you know, he still does yeah. a job when he's on the pitch. When he gets his chance, he's not. He doesn't let the side down. But Drinkwater, he just seems a little bit different. He, he doesn't really fancy it. Yeah, all the time, which is a bit of a shame mm-hmm. because. But as you say, Noel, whatever the provocation that has happened or whatever the argument that's taken place there's absolutely mm. no excuse for that kind of no. behavior i think no no sensible person is going to endorse that it's yeah it's you a, shouldn't it's, it, it's a scumbaggy way to behave yeah if if though if, if, he, if he if he got lumped chatting the, someone yeah. up like there's no there's no and the, the thing is excuse for that either yeah you've talked to my girlfriend go break if, leg, they don't equate to each other yeah. if the scum thought player Gahosi and claire had punched Drinkwater in the face and caused Drinkwater that damage there would have been uproar and i think he probably would have lost his job as, as Scunthorpe as that well. That would have been an FA Cup tie in future, wouldn't it? Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine watching that. Those two going at but it. But as you be... say, pinch of salt stuff because as you pointed out earlier when we were talking about this, Niall, if yeah. it, the, the, the Scunthorpe player isn't going to sell you a newspaper, no. if you've got Danny Drinkwater <laughs> yeah. on the back page or the front page, that's no one knows. No, one, no, no offence to Kahosi and Claire, who's been reliable at League One and League Two level. I've watched a fair amount of those divisions over the last few years. No one knows who he is, really. Um, everyone seems to know who Danny Drinkwater is, and like you say, Jim sells papers. Um, Marley, you mentioned about a meeting between Dyche and Drinkwater, which is supposedly happened today on Monday about his future. Chelsea obviously are going to be um, involved in that meeting in some capacity. You think? Well, I mean, what do you do as a football club in this situation? What does Dyche say to him? I mean, how how do you deal with the situation from a management perspective? Because obviously. They've brought him in on loan and trying to get him in to improve their team. What do you do now in this situation? Um, well, there's there's two sides to every story, isn't there, I suppose? Um, there won't be any CCTV of the footage, I wouldn't think. If you were six lads beating someone up, you wouldn't do it in a place where there's cameras. So it's more like... You're suggesting there's... a big level of thought that would have oh, gone yeah. into this in oh, some yeah. way. I'm not sure that kind of... You sound like you've done this before, Marley. <laughs> I've been part you, of this. Where before. were you on Saturday night? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know... Um, Basically, if if Danny Drinkwater's loan gets cut short, he doesn't play football for the next season because mm. he's out of Chelsea's Premier League squad until they get to re reassign it in January. Yeah. Um, so really, it's either stay or just don't play for another six months. If Danny Drinkwater was a significant player, if Sean Dyche considered him to be instrumental in their title in, in whatever challenge it is they're putting forward, whether it's top six or top ten or whatever it is this season, if he was considered a key player. There'd be no question. It wouldn't even be a discussion. But potentially, what that he would be sacked. Yeah, be, it would. It would be. They back. might pay a bit of lip service to it, and it might be something. That, oh, we're going to have this big showdown talks. But at the end of the day, if that player is considered valuable to the team, yeah, then they'll be let off. I suppose would be be the right phrase. If Burnley now see this as an opportunity to cut short alone that they don't think's working after four weeks of the season they would have seen him in training they would have seen him gelling with the other team if they are thinking now I've made a mistake here this is costing us four million quid to pick a number out of the sky loan mm. fee actually we can get out of this this is a reason to cancel it and move on 
then they'll take that opportunity now. Mm. So I, I think that'll be quite telling. I think they'll keep him because if you're going to have a manager that was going to say these things happen, I think it'd be Sean Dyche. Mm. Mm. Sean Dyche, he's like, quite, no, quite good with these things. Yeah, Sean no Dyche. nonsense. He knows. You know, I bet you any money Sean Dyche has done some things in his time that, you know, <laughs> some big lad comes at Sean Dyche in a pub, you're getting knocked out and there's no, you know, back in the 80s, big, tough centre-half like he was. I just think he'll give him another chance. I just think he'll be like, look, Danny, these things happen. Don't do it again. Don't be a prick. I hope Don't so. take the piss. Yeah. You're here to play. He is a We're giving you a lifeline. Your career's going to go down the shitter, basically, if, yeah. you're, if you don't, if you mess this chance up. You know, okay. I think I think he'll let him off, but time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, just to wrap this one up, uh, it says here, there's no suggestion that Kahosi and Claire was involved in the attack or knew anything about it. Police weren't called to the incident and Drinkwater hasn't reported it to the police. Uh, source said, Danny is absolutely mortified now and realises he can no longer put himself in a position where these incidents happen regardless of who is at fault. Out of curiosity, before we move on, did you say this was a week ago this happened? I think I don't think it this was, happened at the weekend. No, I think this, this happened a couple of weeks ago and then he mysteriously wasn't involved in Burnley's squad due to an ankle injury, I mean, which yeah. now we think is because he had his ankle stamped on by these thugs that attacked What does this tell you about the people that are reporting this story as well the fact that they've gone well international break let's sit on the, <laughs> sit on this story for a week well maybe i tell you what time that you've, way. you've got a point because uh, marley showed me a screenshot earlier of ruben loftus cheek's bank account somehow <laughs> that's been leaked that's been leaked onto twitter somewhere popped up on twitter yeah so uh news is often light during the international yeah, exactly. break but certainly uh the media know what they're doing with that This is Football Social Daily. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show because we do have shows every single day of the week. So you don't want to miss one. It's a really quick way to get all of your latest Premier League news. And if you've got an Amazon Alexa smart speaker, don't forget to ask it to open Sports Social because you can dive into our Amazon Alexa skill. It's really cool. It gives you a daily news update for your Premier League club as well as giving you Premier League match reports and match previews too. So just ask Alexa to open Sports Social for that one. Time for a quick break now, but Afterwards, we're going to be talking about captains. What makes a good captain these days after Scotland skipper Andy Robertson's comments about his team being a bag of nerves? We'll have more for you after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Niall here alongside me in the studio. We've got Marley and we've got Jim. We've been talking about Danny Drinkwater and what's happened to him over the last couple of weeks. He was supposedly assaulted outside of a nightclub and we were talking about what Burnley and Chelsea do now. What about the responsibility of captains? Sean Dyche will have a responsibility as a manager to sort out the Drinkwater situation. But what about captains? Because the reason I ask is is Scotland's Euro 2020 qualification campaign. Not something we ever thought we'd be talking about on Football Social Daily, that's for sure. But... It hangs by a thread. They lost 2-1 to Russia in their last qualification game. And Andy Robertson, of course, the Liverpool fullback, who's been so good for Liverpool, hasn't he, Andy Robertson? Brilliant signing by Jurgen Klopp. He's the captain at the moment. And uh, he was quite scathing of his teammates um, in their defeat, saying that they looked a bag of nerves, that when Russia scored their goal, it spooked the team. Um, and he was quite visibly annoyed and irked after the game. And you always do get this level of emotion when you interviewing a player after the game because naturally football is a game of passion and mm. it's nine minutes and, and you know things are on the line and you can be frustrated um, however Charlie Mulgrew who's another Scotland international came out and said he didn't agree with his captain's comments and said he didn't think that they were a bag of nerves at all so there's sort of a couple of conflicting opinions there which you would expect between footballers but was it slightly naive of Robertson to come out and say 
that maybe his teammates weren't good enough or is it, should he be protecting his teammates? What's the role of a captain now in a football team? What makes a good football captain? Is it someone who's just straight down the line and says it how it is? Or is it someone who maybe is a little bit more cautious about what they say? I think I like Robertson's comments here because I think as a fan, you want to see a reaction. You want to see an anger when your team has been beaten, don't you? Mm-hmm. So I quite like that from him. As for what the role from a captain is on the pitch, I don't know. It's a very difficult one because people often talk about a lack of leaders now, don't they? Particularly in modern football and the amount of times I've heard Manchester United fans go, we need a Roy Keane. We need a Roy Keane, a proper captain on the pitch. We need a, a Brian Robson, someone like that. Yeah. Those kind of players don't really exist anymore. So I think you've got different... There's different aspects to a captain's role, I guess. It partly is calling players out when they're not doing their job. Partly it's being a representative of the team to go to the manager and kind of be the person. Like, Snitch. Or, yeah, well, <laughs> almost like a trades union head kind of thing. You're the person yeah. who approaches the boss and goes, this isn't right, or the players are unhappy about this. Yeah. It should be on the pitch. It, from my view, it should be the man who talks to the referee and the only person that talks to the referee through the entire game. And at the same time, you need to be the person who's the figurehead of your team and mm. bond people together. So horses for courses, I guess, to a certain extent. It depends who your teammates are. Internationally, I think it's very different to Premier League as well because internationally, those players don't necessarily need to get on all the time. Um, does a captain actually mean anything apart from what you've just said? The fact that he wears an armband and he talks to the ref? I, th- I think on the pitch, a captain is literally just an armband. If you don't have people that are talking and bollocking teammates and telling them everything you know that, that's going wrong, you know you, you shouldn't be in that position, hold, cover me, blah, blah, blah. You need to have leaders in every department, at least mm. one in every department. Mm. One in the defence, the goalie obviously won't, won't stop shut, won't shut up for 90 minutes. You need one in every position and you need leaders and it's it's because of that that you're successful. If you have individual players not pulling the weight, you need players that are going to say, oh, pull your finger out, you know what I mean? And that armband thing has become a bit of a mockery, hasn't it? I mean, there was that England game couple of years ago where I think seven different players over the course of the match wore the armband as <laughs> various substitutes happened. It was a friendly and it was just passed around. And yeah. it, but you're right. It's I think as a as a club captain, you know, for example, if you've got something going on in the training pitch, you should have a a senior guy who would go to the manager, like like you said, but you know, on the pitch I don't think it's it's that important. But there is you do need leaders in the dressing room to to monitor everything and check everything's going alright because obviously a lot of things get said behind the man, not behind the manager's back, but out of manager's earshot and mm. things like that. So, anything that's sort of bubbling underneath, you do need someone who can, who can sort that out um, and have that sort of character. You'd expect at international level there to be, as you say, several leaders on that pitch. Yeah, maybe not so much at club level, but part of the characteristics that make people good footballers would be leadership qualities. Yeah. You'd imagine. So at international level you'd expect those players would be all over the pitch. Yeah, yeah. At club level maybe it's maybe it's more important. I mean I certainly at club level I think it is, yeah. I mean Newcastle had a, a perfect example of it when uh, a couple of years ago when Rafa Benitez took over in at the end of twenty sixteen. It we didn't we had a captain but it wasn't like a solid captain and in pre season uh, Jamal Lascelles just stepped up. He was 23 at the time, I think he was, and he he was just like he was only new to the club. Um, he'd only been there about six months, and he was bollocking everyone, and he was just he was just that natural leader. And mm. 
Um, there was reports one time of uh, there was a fight on the on the training pitch, and it was Lascelles had Diame, Mohamed Diame, by a scruff of the neck, and he was like, wow. "You need to pull your it's a brave man. weight, pal." Yeah, <laughs> Diame is a big guy. Yeah, he's massive. Lascelles is even bigger. <laughs> so it would have been like you know Tyson Fury and bloody Anthony Joshua going head to head on the training pitch. But since then, since he got it, literally got him by the throat, and he was like, "Look, you need to start pulling your weight. You need to be better than this. You need to give 100." percent Diame was probably our best player since then. So Lascelles just roughed him up a bit and was like, come on, you're not going to get away with pulling half your weight here. You're in our midfield, you need to be better. And it was fantastic ever since. From a West Ham point of view, and you see Mark Noble is a bit of a figure of fun from from (laughs) some fan bases, and he isn't the most gifted footballer, technically. But (laughs) Does that matter? He's so important to that West Ham team on occasions. And you see him, and when he's not there... And it's a flat game. There's no one to lift everyone up. And you see when there's a substandard performance and he's on the pitch, he's shouting at players, he's getting them up, he's causing, getting them to focus. And it lifts the crowd as well. When you can see a player on the pitch that is your leader, mm-hmm. that is the person that's kind of pulling you through a game, it gets the crowd behind you as well. So it might be a bit of a figurehead, a bit of a kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? like a bit of an empty gesture, mm. yeah. almost being a captain. But I still think it's got a role. So maybe it is that, it is that person who yeah. should be seen to G up a team, to drag them through, which yeah. is what a leader does at the end of the well, day. You, you said yeah. scruff of the neck and you think of players like Steven Gerrard from yeah. you know 10 years ago when Liverpool weren't really a very good side at all, but he would just drag them single-handedly through games and it, it was, you know, that was the... the Look at him of, in the, the Champions League final yeah. in 2005. He got him through that pretty much. Um, but no, going back to what Andy Robertson said, um, it, it, is there a difference between what players should be saying to the press and what they should be saying in, in the dressing room? If Andy Robertson's annoyed, and he's got a right to be annoyed, and I know sometimes it's hard to mask how you feel, he shouldn't be coming out to the press and saying everything's all rosy, but is he slightly making it more of a pressurised situation now by the comments he's made? Because if... If Scotland don't get a result in the next four qualifiers, they're not going to qualify. It's case by think, case, though, isn't it? I don't think they're going to qualify anyway. But is there a is there a case for arguing? Robertson, just go out and play the safe card out to the media, and when you get in the dressing room, that's when you're going to lay into your teammates. Well, we don't know what conversations have been had in the dressing room before this. Yeah, it might be four games in, and they've had a rollicking every single time, and there just doesn't seem to be any interest from the players that are playing for their country. Yeah, and actually, he's gone. I mean, look at Jose Mourinho; he famously. Used to do this. He always used to protect his players, didn't he? Always. Well, and, and then occasionally, Luke Shaw being a typical well, uh, example. United, it was different for <laughs> some reason. He just absolutely yeah. ball them out in front of the media. Yeah. So sometimes you need that. You need that little public shaming almost to get a response. And if he is feeling like he's been let down by his teammates for the last four games or whatever it is, maybe he needs a little bit of public shaming. They want to ball them out in front of everyone so the fans yeah. know. It is quite funny though. I remember... I, what, Sorry. Um, I would assume as well, like Scotland have been getting bollocked in the dressing room for a good fucking 10 years by, now. By, <laughs> the, ten. by like 10 different <laughs> managers yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's tried. Gordon Strachan's been there about eight times. Walter Smith's been there about 20 times. Alex McLeish. Alex McLeish, <laughs> Craig Levine, all these managers. I bet they've been getting bollocked for years and mm. nothing's, obviously nothing's working because they're still not a very good <laughs> side, basically. But if you do it in the in the in um, to the media, then maybe it's going to have a bit bit more pressure and it's I think it's good from Robertson because he's not he's not throwing anyone under the bus. He's just said we weren't we weren't yeah. good enough. No, he's not we, named names. We at looked all. nervous. He didn't come out and say McTominay is shite, did he? Like you know what I mean? It's, he's, he's come out and said, look, we we, we look nervous. We need to be better. And I do wonder if there's a bit of self protection there as well. If you're the one, he did admit that his performances weren't good enough, and, and he's not been happy with. But his if you're the one that's going up there and going, 
we've been rubbish, it kind of deflects off you a little bit, doesn't it? Because yeah, you're kind maybe. of you, the fans are going, oh well, you've been rubbish, but at least you know you're rubbish. <laughs> you're, you're kind of like you're then on the fan side. So I wonder if there's a bit of protectionism there. Yeah, maybe. But then again, no one's going to look at Scotland and go, we're going to drop Andy Robertson. No, because <laughs> one, he's the captain. Two, he's probably the best player, pound for pound, best player. And he, you know, there's many worse players in Scotland team than than Robertson, but. Yeah, it could be a deflection tactic, I don't know. And you're not going to get in the Euros anyway, so don't worry about it. Yeah, mate. and also, <laughs> when you go from having um, Sadio Mane in front of you to, like, James Forrest, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of hard. OK, the season's been underway for, what, getting on for a month now. So who's winning the season so far, lads? We've got the nominations, the Premier League nominations for Player of the Month, Manager of the Month, and who's the Team of the Month for you guys? It's easy to say City or Liverpool, mm. but I think maybe we should cast our eye at some of the other teams. If you look at the players who are nominated for the August Player of the Month award, you've got Sergio Aguero, Ashley Barnes, Kevin De Bruyne, Roberto Firmino, Timu Puki, or Raheem Sterling. Those are the six players nominated. Um, you can make a case for for each of those players. I think it's hard to look past Timo Puki, though, isn't it? Because he's been such a revelation coming into this league. No yeah. one was really <clears throat> expecting much. He's played four games, scored Five. against three of those teams. Yeah. And he's just looking he's got- strong and... 100% I mean it's just a shame that Norwich haven't really benefited from his goals yet because they're still languishing down in the relegation zone but he has looked a revelation and he's looked strong and he's looked fast so yep. I think he'll walk off with that award yeah I I would agree with Puki to be fair um, he got uh, he's got five in his last four for Finland he's got yep. five in his last four for Norwich so yep. ten in eight is not not exactly bad um, Finland nearly beat Italy at the weekend as well Uh they ended up losing two one to a dodgy penalty, but Puki was the Puki won the penalty, Puki scored the penalty, and he's done the rest in the in the Premier League. He scored a hat trick against Newcastle, obviously, and then he scored against Liverpool and Chelsea. So it's like, mm. you know, you're gonna score against the teams around you. You're gonna fill your boots if that if this is the precedent he's set. He's gonna fill his boots against the teams around him, like Newcastle, and he's gonna nick nick goals against uh, Liverpool and Chelsea if they, if they switch off. So. Kevin De Bruyne has been exceptional as well, though. I don't, I don't, I, has, I don't want to move on from the conversation of that yeah. saying Kevin De Bruyne because I think he's been he world has been class. Mis- Kevin De Bruyne has been Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, that's what Kevin he's De Bruyne been, does. He's been like an he's enhanced version injured. of Kevin De Bruyne. Well, I just like I'm even better sure. than I don't ever remember him being. He was that season a couple of years ago. He was phenomenal, and then he, last season was difficult for him with injuries and stuff. I think that's I think it. Pep brought him back too early. Don't want to say rushed him back because I'm not sure exactly what happened there. But he got injured again, didn't he? D- yeah. And then this season, for whatever injury, yeah. reason, he's just started like an absolute freight train. It's been unbelievable. I just think he is that good, and I think when yeah. he has a season when he's fit and he's not coming back from injury, because any player who's been out for any elongated period of time takes a while to get back into the swing of things. He looked superb pre-season and he's just carried on that the name I'm slightly surprised to see in there is Aguero actually because I, I, I good really? start for, for his high standards has he been any more exceptional than usual would you have put him in well he's just going to nominate him for every month yeah every well, month. <laughs> would, you, would you put him in to get ahead of Raheem Sterling this season? Uh, well, they're both in. They're oh, both. They're Raheem both. Sterling Raheem well. Sterling. They're both. In, there's three city players. The whole city team in there. Sterling, <laughs> De Bruyne, and Aguero are all in the nomination for the August Player of the Month. So it's Ashley Barnes who started really well as well for Burnley. So there are some good players it's, in there. Firmino's in there. We've not mentioned him. So I don't think Firmino's been that good. 
Weirdly, oh shit, went silent then. So there's no, no one agree. No, I, I do. I was I'd, just waiting for uh, our resident Liverpool fan, Steve McNaughton, to through smash the through the glass <laughs> yeah. of the studio and beat you up. What, what you mean the Brazilian bloody jiu-jitsu champion who's <laughs> yeah. going to chuck me out with his yeah. little finger? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah, no, Firmino's been okay, but I don't think he's hit, he's hit the heights really, which is good for him because like there's more to come, mm. and it's good for me because I'm not going to take him out of fantasy team now. So, um, okay, so but, yeah, on that on that premise then. So we're going Timu Puki first place. He's going to win the August Player of the Month, and then I'll vote for Kevin De Bruyne. So is that a two to one unanimous? I think you take these awards tend to go with people who have done something a little bit special. And so in a way, Kevin De Bruyne's spoilt it for himself by just being good because he's just being good again. So yeah. you need to be, but someone who stepped up like Ashley Barnes, like Timu Puki, I think they'll be nailed on for that kind of award. Okay, interesting. Moving on to manager. So this is. Uh, just a four-person shortlist um, for Have this Gracia. one. Steve Bruce? <laughs> Neither, you'll be surprised to learn, have made the shortlist. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, Jurgen Klopp, Roy Hodgson and Pep Guardiola. Who's winning your August Manager of the Month award in the Premier League? Again, if you go on my theory of you need to actually kind of step up a little bit to win it, you need to do something a bit special above your normal standards. I mean, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola are doing what they always do. They're setting... The league yeah. alight, it will be them come the end of the season vying for the title. Whoever wins the title will get manager of the year. Yeah. So I think Brendan Rodgers has got to win it. No! I think he's surprising a lot of people. Big Roy. Leicester. Big Roy Hodgson for me. What? Because Because we just wrote because Crystal Palace. We all, we all wrote Crystal Palace off. And I still am. Yeah. We all wrote Crystal they've Palace off. They've been shit. I still, th- I still think they've been a bit shit, even though some else... I mean, yeah, the fourth in the Premier League, fine. But, like... They got they got lucky against the United because the hair dropped one. Yeah, and then but you've still got to win the game. This is the thing. It's like on yesterday's podcast, we were talking about Harry Kane, like twenty five goals for England now, and he scored six goals in the World Cup, won the Golden Boot, and and someone said, well, yeah, he's, he had a bit of a shit World Cup. He scored six goals. What what else do you want him to do? Yeah, like you know, it's 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 such a a strange situation, you know, Crystal Palace, or oh, they've not been that good. No, but they're fourth in the Premier League and we all thought they were going to go down. They've started early. so well. I mean, it's too early But to it's judge. August Manager of the Month award. It's not Premier yeah. League but Manager. How much of Crystal Palace's success has been down to Roy Hodgson's excellent management of that team? <laughs> has he got exceptional performances out of anyone? They, they can't score goals. They just stick men behind the ball. It's ugly, turgid football. <laughs> the, pre- the Premier League wants to award that. Then fine, give it him. If you want to award... Something like a player, a manager who I think is getting exceptional performances out of players that maybe, maybe are slightly below the level to what he's getting. Who's playing exciting, free flowing football? I think Brendan Rodgers has to win it. I think that the first manager of the month award is the easiest one to give <laughs> because it's whoever's at, whoever's at the top of the league. So I think Klopp will get it. Okay, for just because he's won four out of four, and Nine you know you can't, yeah. yeah, but. I think Brendan Rodgers has done a better, has been a better manager this this uh, this first four games because he's got points at tough places. Mm-hmm. He's got a what were the results? They had a uh, they drew with Chelsea, was it? Yeah, one drew one with Chelsea. one one with Chelsea after going a goal down. Yeah, you know they've they've looked good. They've beaten beaten everyone else. I think the third in the league. Aren't they beat they? Bournemouth three one last time. Three one Bournemouth one one with uh, it was the EFL Cup with Newcastle. Beat yeah. Sheffield United two one, Chelsea one one, drew nil nil with Wolves. Yeah, see, I, th- I think that's decent. That's bag. as good as you know, as good as anyone really. I think that's as good as Liverpool win four games that you'd expect them to win. So even though I think Klopp will Klopp will get it because you can't really argue with a hundred percent record. I think mm. Brendan Rodgers has been 
has enjoyed the better start. And I think he's proving himself to be a very decent manager again as well, isn't he? I mean, he was very unfairly yeah. criticised for his time at Liverpool, yeah. really, and he became a bit of a finger of fun. He, he was, he a, was a Gerard it, slip away from, uh, from yeah. winning the league, as they say. He, he just turned into a meme at the end of his yeah. time, and it was like... And no one really credited him for what he did at Celtic, because at the end of the day, if you're managing yeah. Celtic, you should win absolutely everything in yeah. Scotland. So here he's they actually doing f- a job and proving himself. Well, even the 40? Tonics Caramel Wafer Challenge Even cut. the Tonics. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you could also argue... I mean, I'm making a case for Roy Hodgson here, but Arsenal, <laughs> Ar- Arsenal are also on seven points. So are Everton, so are West Ham. Exactly the same. Two wins, one draw, one defeat. So, you know, really, I suppose I'm, I'm shooting my own argument down here. But I mean, why isn't Unai Emery in the in the nominations? Why isn't Marco Silva in the nominations? Why isn't Manuel Pellegrini in the nominations? Well, because Arsenal, Everton and West Ham are, are better than Crystal Palace. So Crystal <laughs> yeah. Palace have done well to be in fourth. Yeah, they, they, I'm not <laughs> denying that in any way. But I'm just, I just don't think... You can give, I don't know. So, Rod, Brendan Rodgers for you, Jim. Yes. Marley, you're going to have to make a decision now between Jurgen Klopp or Brendan Rodgers. Well, oh, Klopp will get it. What, what <laughs> I think or what I... What, what, who I think will get it, who I think should get it. Who do you think should get it? I think Brendan Rodgers should get it. But you think Jurgen Klopp but will get it? I think Klopp will, yeah. shown a lot of character. Really good character. <laughs> who the fuck was that meant to be? <laughs> a generic Irish accent. <laughs> there has never been a more That's abrupt horrendous. time to end the podcast than now. Thank you very much, Jim, and your terrible Brendan Rogers alter ego. So. Thank you very much, Marley Anderson. <laughs> I've been Nile McCorn. Thanks for listening to Football Social Daily. We'll be back tomorrow with another Premier League update, so make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. 